Assembly of God. So glad to see you all this morning. I sound like the Lord. (laughs) Um, Thank you, babe. Well, we have a great day ahead. Um, My uh, favorite preacher is preaching today. Even though I love Pastor Dan, (laughs) my husband is preaching today. And um, we are just going to have an awesome time worshiping. And I'm just really thankful that you are all here because you brought the Holy Spirit with you and your gifts and your anointings. And as a body, we can edify each other. Amen. So I just thank the Lord. Why don't you stand and pray with me? Lord, we love you. We're so happy to be in your house together, seeing each other face to face. And Lord, we want to see your face. We want to glorify you today, Jesus. We want to bless you and thank you for all that you've done and give you all the honor that you are due, Lord. And we just thank you that we can come together today in peace. And Lord, we also pray for our friends in Ukraine. And we have many hearts around the globe that we are, we are interceding for them as well. But Lord, we're going to glorify you in every way, and we thank you for the word that you've prepared to challenge our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's sing holy, holy, holy. Jesus. 
That is what we're here for. Amen. Glory. Woo. Let us go ahead and sing the name of the Lord. Amen.
know where to run. We run right to you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. You're our strong tower. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High <laughs> shall abide in the shadow of his beautiful presence. Thank you, Lord. We love to abide in you. Let's sing Standing on the Promises. If you want to look in your hymn book, that's fine. Ken's got a handle for us on the wall if you don't know the words. You ready? Standing on the promises of Christ.
came to worship you, Jesus. How great you are, Lord. Ooh. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your help. We thank you, Lord, for the promises you've given us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you divide the Red Sea so we can walk on dry ground. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the fourth man in the fire. Thank you, Lord, that we are never left alone. We are not neglected and we are not abandoned by our generous, good, good Heavenly Father. Hallelujah, Lord. You give great gifts, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus.
God is good. I missed you guys. Have a seat for just a minute if you'd like to. I've been with my grandkids the last couple Sundays up in Orlando at the Nation's Church. Oh my goodness. You ever go to Orlando on a Sunday? Go to Olympia High School. It's amazing. And so is this. I just want you to know, I mean, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there are there are answers. There is a light on your path. Hallelujah. 
I just want to um, read something to you from Pastor this morning. He says, I'm watching, and it's so good. This is a wonderful church, and the worship is so good. Sending love and blessings to the Calvary family. He's at home this morning. We're going to be praying for him. He's doing well, um, but it would be, not be a good thing for him to preach in the with his heart the way it is right now. So we're it's, that's getting work done. The Lord is is the master um, person here in, in everything. We're trusting him to guide the doctors, and everything is going to be really good. Everything's good now. So, so we're thankful for that. We're thankful for all of you and the thing, the wonderful things the Lord is doing in your lives. Every one of us need God to intervene for us, don't we? Our world needs God to intervene for us. And I want you to know something. Yes, the Lord is coming back. He will come back someday. Whether that's today or 100 years from now. Either one of those are viable options. Because I want you to know something. God is not going to come back because everything looks bad. He is not less powerful than the devil. Stop and think about that. Sometimes, I hear some people saying things about things being so bad that Jesus is obviously coming back right now. Do you not understand what you're saying? You are saying that God is not able to do something about what's going on right now. You are saying that God didn't see this coming and that he doesn't know what to do and he's just got to get us out of here and bring in Armageddon. That's the only thing that he can do for this powerful devil who's obviously pretty, pretty slick. That's not true. Jesus may very well, it may be on his timeline to come back today. I'm not saying that, this, that these aren't the end times. But what I'm saying is the end times will come when the end times come. But right now, me and you are here, and this is our time to stand with God and to declare the great things of God. Remember, have you heard the stories about the six-day war, how many amazing things that God did to, to make it only last six days? He did some unbelievable, amazing things. We need to declare those things for Ukraine. We need to declare those things for Russia. There are people in Russia that are not in favor of what's going on, of what their country is doing. There are people in China that are not in favor of what China's doing. We need to pray for our world, and our God needs to intervene in every nation of the country. My Bible says, the nations belong to the Lord. There is no room there for the nations belonging to the devil. And we don't have to stand, here I go again, we're not going to go curl up in the corner and suck our thumbs and say, oh, Jesus, come back, I'm so scared. That's right. We're never going to throw in the towel and we're never going to live in fear. Because when Jesus comes back, he is going to come back to a victorious church without a spot or wrinkle who trust him, who will, who will partner with the things that he says and with his plan and not kowtow to the devil. I don't even know what that word is. I wouldn't even know how to spell it. Kowtow. What is that? What is that? But anyway... We're not, we're not going to give in to the devil and give him any kind of room or any kind of glory or any kind of attention except for negative attention because we see you, you evil one, and you are going down, literally and figuratively. And we are going up. And speaking of that, that's where we, where we pray from. That's where we declare from, from up. 
from in the heavenlies, from the throne room of God, we see ourselves up there with the Lord, and we look down on the mess, and we pray from victory. We do not pray from fear. Now, if you have fear, God understands that, and he will get that out of you because that's not his plan for you. But he's not mad at you about it. So don't get in condemnation either. So get alone with the Lord. Read his word. My, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Does that sound at all dark to you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, if, if we had, if there was a, a, if this room, if the next room was dark, completely dark, and we opened the door, what would happen to that dark room? Light would, sh would, would flood into that room, correct? Okay, well, why doesn't darkness flood into this room when we open the door? Darkness has no power. There's power in light. God is so good. I want you to stand with me this morning. We are going to pray over Ukraine. I got some, some really good prayer points on Facebook. You know, Facebook's not all bad. It's what you do with it. It really is. And I get some, I share some really amazing things because I wouldn't share it if it wasn't, right? I don't, I don't write most of it, hardly any of it, but I like to share really good things. And I took some screenshots this morning. This was um, on Bill Johnson's post. Many of you know who Bill Johnson is out of Redding, California. And um, he's a great guy. And I just want to, I want to pray that the prayer for Ukraine that he posted on there, I don't even know if he wrote it. Maybe he just, um, you know, shared it also. I'm not really sure. But we're going to pray for Ukraine. We're going to pray for Russia. We are going to pray for you. Every situation that you're going through right now, now, I want you to know something. Just because there's really big things going on in the world, and there are, that doesn't mean he doesn't care about you. There's no time in eternity. You understand that when we say he doesn't have time for me for my issues, that's that's not even a thing. God doesn't doesn't work in time. He works in eternity, and there is no lack of power. It's like he, you know. You know, I don't want to use up all God's power on my little thing. That's not a thing. You can't possibly use up all God's power. If God was to answer every prayer in the world at this exact moment, it wouldn't be any kind of a draw on his power. His power is way more than we can imagine. I can't wait to get to heaven. It is going to be so cool. You'd realize that 100 years from now, we're all going to be there. Amen. God is so good. All right. So we're going to pray for all of you that have issues this morning. We have some serious physical issues that we need to pray for. We have some serious um, family issues that we need to pray for. There are some serious marital issues that we need to pray for. There are some serious relationship issues that we need to pray for. You may not think that your issue is that serious, but whatever you care about, God cares about. And he wants to meet you where you are this morning. He wants you to know that you are very powerful, that you have authority if you are a, a child of God. And you need to, when you pray, you need to pray with authority. You need to not be scared to pray and believe that what you say is going to happen. I don't remember what preacher it was, but one of the old-timey preachers um, he was standing at a, he was telling his, his people this one time in a, in a church service 
that he was standing at a bus stop and there was a little dog that followed its owner to the bus stop. And the owner was saying, go home, go on, go home now, go home. And the dog was just wagging his tail and staying there. It's, no, 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 go home, go. And the dog wouldn't go. Finally, the owner said, go home. And the dog took off. The dog took off. I'm telling you, and, and the point that he made was, that's how you talk to the devil. And that's how you claim authority in the spiritual realm. We are not babies. Let's not act like it. And don't be afraid to get healed even if you're going to the doctor. Sometimes it's like, oh, what will the doctor think? But I'm going to the, I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Oh, for goodness sakes. Be healed and let the doctors see the healing in Jesus' name. We need to speak and pray with authority that, and we, that we know that God hears us and that what we are saying is his will and will happen in Jesus' name. According to his word, if we pray according to his word, we know he hears us. And according to his will, we know he hears us. And if he hears us, we know we have the answer. So let's act like it. In Jesus' name, you know his will. He's not willing that any should perish. Do you have a, you have a prodigal? He's not willing that any should perish. I, I know it might be impossible. I've seen impossible things turn completely around. I'm talking impossible stuff. We have some testimonies of that in this church. There's St. Augustine was the worst prodigal you probably would ever even be able to imagine. St. Augustine, look up his story. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word, Lord, and we thank you for your teaching us how to pray. Lord, we thank you that you give us the authority that we have when we pray. And in the name of Jesus, we declare victory in our lives right now. In our spiritual lives, victory in our physical lives, victory in our emotional lives, victory in our family, in our finances, in our understanding, Lord, victory with wisdom and direction and discernment. Lord, we declare victory in Jesus' name. And we say, Lord, that we trust you. No matter what it looks like, we will not partner with the evil one. We will never say that you don't care about us and that just because we didn't get it our way in our timing that you didn't answer. In Jesus' name, Lord, we partner with you. We declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. Lord, we thank you that you are active in every one of our lives and that you have given us authority over all the works of darkness. And we declare that our nation will be set free from every plan and trick and trap of the devil in Jesus' name right now. And we thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we are praying for a swift end to the conflict in Ukraine. Oh, Lord, we lift up this conflict to you. You are sovereign over all. And in your hands are the hearts of kings and rulers. We declare that your wisdom and peace will prevail in this region in Jesus' name. We pray for healing, wholeness, and a restoration of relationship. Lord, we pray for the church to rise up in this hour and for peacemakers to release God's kingdom. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray for a hedge of protection to surround the defenseless and for your people to extend compassion in both word and deed in Jesus' name. 
Lord, we pray for those of Ukraine and of Russia. We declare, Lord, that your protection will be around all of your people and that your ways will stand, Lord. Your purpose will prevail in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we declare that this world will, will walk according to your will and that the nations of the world being yours will fall into step with your plan in the mighty name of Jesus. As in heaven, so on earth, we declare that rulers that are, that are ungodly and evil will be deposed in Jesus' name and replaced by those that will walk with you, Lord. And we thank you for it. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray over each heart here this morning, for each mind that you will touch us, Lord, with your, with your purposes, with your plans, that you will help us to know that we don't have to try to copy anybody else, but that you made us the way we are for a reason, and that you are using us as we are if we will yield to you, if we will yield to your Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit looks real good in a Liz Kalenda suit. Holy Spirit can do amazing things in a Tish Hefner suit. Holy Spirit can do great things in a Jane Keene suit and a Paul Von Gillern suit and put your name in there. He is, he is doing the works of God through us. Father, we give ourselves to you. We ask you, Lord, to anoint our hearts to hear, to understand what the word that's about to be brought forth this morning and we just declare your will and your work in this place we declare lord that that james will bring forth the word that you've given him with power and authority and the mighty anointing of the holy spirit and we thank you for that lord bless each one we pray in jesus holy name amen morning everyone we agree with exactly what was uh, mentioned here and, and I want to read one of my favorite psalms and probably yours as well psalms 100 make a joyful noise unto the Lord some of us can sing some of us can't but we can make noise right so let's make some noise unto the Lord we need to serve the Lord with gladness. How many of you are glad today? We need to come before his presence with singing. We've done that this morning, right? Know ye what? The Lord is God. You know, if he's God, we don't have anything to worry about. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. This is his world. This is his pasture. We're just living in it. He's made it for us, but he's in control of it. We need to enter into his gates with fear. Oh, did I miss that? We need to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. 
and into his courts with praise. We want to be thankful today. And we're going to bless his name. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life, in my life, in this world. We know that we can be thankful because it's his pasture. Amen? Amen. Good morning again. I just wanted that, that popped in my head, so I had, to, I had to share that with you this morning. That's not the message. but Before we get going too far... We have some, uh, I guess it's not, I don't know if it's sad, sad news or not, but we have some people that are heading back up north, right? They're, they've, they're springing back to where they came from. I, I think, is this, is that right, um, Scott and Diana, is this your last Sunday? Can, we, we're not going to say goodbye, but what we like to do here is we like to just bless you and send you back to where you're. You're heading. So would it be okay if you came up here and let us pray with you? Great. And if there's a, anybody else, any some of the ladies and men, if you want to come on up, we're just going to send um, Scott and Diana back up to, uh, is it South Carolina? North Carolina. Okay. We're going to send them back up, but we're going to speak a blessing over them, and we're going to just ask that the Lord not only keep them, but bring them back safely. Father, thank you. Thank you for our friends, Scott and Diana. Lord, I'm not saying goodbye, but I'm blessing them. We bless them now as they head back north. Lord, I speak blessings into their lives, into their ministry. Father, I speak souls into their ministry. Father, when they go back home, they're going to be presented with opportunities. We pray for visitations, we pray for relationships, for opportunities that they'll be able to witness to of you to their friends, to their family, to those that they come in contact with. Father, I just speak into them right now. I speak blessing. I speak safety. I speak health into their bodies right now. Father, into their, into their very lives that you continue to use them. Use them for your good work. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Come back and see us real soon, okay? Love you. December, all right. We'll put it on the calendar. And we also, um, I think we have some visitors this morning. I know I've, I met uh, Carmen and, and George already this morning. God bless you. I didn't ask you, are you from the area or... Great, great. Well, welcome. You're from Port Charlotte or Punta Gorda? Awesome. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you for spending today with us. Um, we just speak blessings over you as well. And I, I don't, I, I think that's, the lights are pretty bright up here. Um, I think that might be every, the rest of us, I think, are family. So, yes. Oh, You're just one of the bunch, I guess, Uncle Bob. I, I've got a special guest here today, Uncle Bob. My Uncle Bob came to, to visit, and his friend Peggy is with us this morning as well. So God bless you guys. Thank you for driving all the way from Lakeland. We, you, you beat me just by a little bit. I'm, I'm in Bradenton. You're in Lakeland, so you beat me on the trip this morning. But thank you. God bless you, Uncle Bob and Peggy. Thanks for, thanks for um, visiting with us today. And you know what? You don't have to visit. 
you know, you can come here all the time. The doors are open. So, but um, well, before we get going, I wanted to um, also uh, we thank the visitors, but we also have part of the s- service that is is very very important to our our worship, and that's our giving. Right? We've been blessed beyond measure. We've been given more than we deserve, and Father, right now we're just going to come and we're going to um, present those to us. So we have our our declaration ready. Is everybody ready to to worship the Lord in our giving? Can we stand and and say our declaration as we receive today's offering? I am believing the Lord's for jobs and better jobs for for raises and bonuses, for benefits and salaries and commissions, for favorable settlements, for estates and inheritances, for interest and income, for rebates and returns, for checks in the mail, for gifts and surprises, for finding money, having debts paid off, expenses decreased, and blessings increased. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs, that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Would you come and worship with me today? This is the air I breathe, your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread.
God bless. We're going to uh, pray and bless this offering. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We lift our offering to you right now. Lord, may it be a, a sweet savor in your presence. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to worship you in our giving. We thank you for the blessings that you've given to us. And Father, we present this, to, this offering to you. We ask that you use it for your work. We thank you for the abilities that you've given us. And now we thank you for the opportunity to bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, obviously you, uh, you understand that pastor's not here today, so you have to put up with the pinch hitter. So uh, I, I am, I'm glad that I uh, was able to, to help out pastor. We're praying with him and, and just believing that uh, the Lord's going to show himself just super powerful. Uh, and so we just, we, I encourage you to keep him in prayer this week. Um, he's watching right now, so we thank you um, and, and just bless you ahead of time. But um, I know that this week has been one of those stressor weeks, right? I don't know anybody that can say they had a great week this week, right? Oh, great, Paul. Good. I'm glad you had a great week. But um, it's it's actually kind of been of a stressful several years or so. You know, we've got this silly sickness that we're world's going through. Uh, we, it, we got in, uh, you just drive into the gas station, it reminds me of the 70s, right? <laughs> you, you remember the 70s. Okay, I'm not, and I do too. I'm, I'm older than you think, but yeah, this, that was crazy in the 70s, and, and uh, you know, we got a crisis on our southern border. We got a crisis on our northern border, you know, and, and we start out the week with uh, with uh, you know our our friends to the to the north having a uh, peaceful protest and a prime minister that turns into a dictator right and then we end the week with a dictator in Russia that invades Ukraine. It's a uh, quite a quite a tough year, quite a tough week by by any standard. But like I said, God is with us. And he's not caught off guard. And it, but it's, it's not easy. I mean, we can say all those things, and, but, but we still have to live. You know, you still have to live through this life. And, and it sometimes is hard to kind of maintain your, your spiritual uh, balance or your, your, your equilibrium. You know, you're like, God, I, I trust you that you, you have all this in control, but man, did you see what was just on the news? You know, and so we're kind of always on this balancing act. And, it, and if, we're, if we're not careful, um, we can kind of lose our, our, our balance and we can get swept away uh, in, in, in anger or in fear or, you know, because those things are kind of just right under the surface. You know, you, 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 you think you got control of it and then, you know, somebody cuts you off in traffic and there comes that anger on you, right? Or you, you think you, 
you've, you're all set, and then you get a doctor's report, and fear kind of floods in. So we have to be very, very aware that um, we have to keep our spiritual balance. And I, I want to suggest that what we really need in all of these times is we need a continual washing of the word. You know, my kids uh, are at the age now where they need a bath every day. Some days, sometimes, you know, when they were younger, they didn't really need it. But now my little Jimmy, man, he's so active and running around. And, man, you come in at night and you're like, man, you need a bath. You know, we need a constant cleaning, a constant bathing, a constant renewal of our minds. And so we need to continue to wash our, our minds and our spirits uh, with the word. And we need to really uh, have our trust uh, secure in a, in a bedrock of, of who we are and whom we are. Um, I want to start... In the book of Revelations, the book of Revelations begins, and, and John opens up, and he's taught, he's giving going to give us this apocryphal uh, description of what is ahead of us, and he starts out in the first chapter, and we'll skip to the fourth verse. It says, "John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him." which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus, who is, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. John is just about ready to kind of open up the, the, the book of the future. He's about to show us all the signs that are ahead of us. He's going to talk to us about the scrolls, about the, the seals, about the beasts, and about the, the catastrophes that are that are going to be ahead of us. But before he does all that, he focuses and he grounds the church on what? He begins with grace and peace. Things are going to get difficult, but we need to remember, we need to focus on grace and peace because our grace and peace comes from something and someone that is much, much larger than our troubles. A triune deity. S someone who, who was and, and someone who is and someone that's going to be. He was, is, and is to come. We can have faith and we can have assurance and we can have peace in that. He invokes the Godhead and therefore he can tell the church that you need to remember to have grace and peace. I mean, this is critical. John is, is just getting into the story, but he's telling us, you know, grace and peace, it's not an accident he's telling us this. This isn't, this isn't something that God just kind of doles out like a, a card dealer. No, this is 
something that God is. He's not just giving you grace. It's not just he's giving you peace. He is grace. He is peace. We need to understand that the grace and the peace that we need in our, our world today is, is fulfilled in God. He is our peace. He's given that grace and that peace to us as the church, and it's our responsibility to give that grace and peace to the world. We are responsible for that. Let me pray before I go any further. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your grace and your peace. And Father, right now I just ask that you touch my mind, you touch my words, you touch our ears that we'll be able to hear and I'll be able to speak. We'll be able to understand what you have set before us. In Jesus' name, amen. The, uh, the, universe, the Duke University uh, years ago did a study on peace of mind. And they came up with some factors that contribute to, uh, to you know, emotional and, and mental stability. I, I think... Maybe they need to share some of those with some of our uh, leaders in the world today. But I, there's, a, there's quite a few. I'm only going to focus on a couple of them. Um, number one, it was the absence of suspicion and resentment and nursing a grudge was a major factor in unhappiness. And if any of you know what's going on in the Ukraine, that, that's kind of what it is. There, there, there's resentment. There's suspicion. There's a grudge that's being held. And those are not things that obviously lead to happiness. And obviously, if you have that, you're, you're not happy. And, and not living in the past, a wholesome uh, and unwholesome preoccupation on old mistakes and failures that lead to depression. Again, focusing on the past, those things that are over. Let them go. Move on. One of them was also to find something bigger than yourself to believe in. Well, obviously we know what that bigger is. Don't be self-centered. Self-centered, egotistical people score the lowest in any test of measured ha um, happiness. So you can be a genius. That doesn't make you happy. I think we're seeing that, a lot of that, like we said. And... And I'm, I don't pray, I, I pray for those leaders to come to an understanding of, of their Savior. You know, that's what the world needs. The Ukraine needs salvation. They don't need more bombs and more airplanes. They need a Savior. They need, and, and Putin, the, the leader of Russia needs the Lord. That's what will, will change it. It's not... You know, negotiations, it's God that will change this situation. Jesus said in John 14, 27, He said, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Your heart shouldn't be in trouble right now. You shouldn't be afraid. And 
The interesting thing is, when did Jesus tell us this? When did he tell his disciples this? Was it when everything was going great and they, were having, have, they just got done with the party and everybody's feeling great? Is that when this was said? It was said on the eve of his crucifixion. He's telling his disciples, don't let your heart be troubled and don't be afraid in the very time when that was what they were all feeling. It was meant to give them comfort and reassurance in what was their darkest hour. He had just told them that he was going to be crucified. And, and Christians throughout the ages have looked at this scripture and, and taken strength and solace for it from it. It's gotten us through our most difficult times, but, but many Christians are have trouble in their hearts, and, and they, they do live in fear. And Jesus um, s- continues in that verse, and he says, Peace I leave you. He says, I'm going to leave you peace, but he says something even better. He says, My peace I give unto you. You know, this world can have peace, but until it has his peace, Nothing's really going to change. And we as well, in our hearts, if we have our peace, that's going to end tomorrow. As soon as, you know, uh, you get that phone call or something comes in the mail or there's a, a, a report, you're going to, that peace of yours is going to be shaken and you're going to lose your balance unless it's his peace that's active in your life. Many p- Christians find themselves unable to find this peace and and. It comes and it goes, and they feel restless and they, they're stressed out. In Luke 1, 7, uh, in, in the book of Luke, the first chapter, the 74th and 75th verse, it says, He would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. He's our primary reason. That's, that's the reason why he came to this earth. That's why he's, he died for our sins. So that we can, can walk in the understanding that, that God is here and we don't have to live in fear. We can enjoy peace all the days of our lives. This, it, it, it seems impossible when we're facing those trials in our lives, the afflictions that have, have attacked us. And times when we feel overwhelmed, we, we can't grasp that. How can we stay in peace when everything seems out of control? He continues in the same chapter in verse 79. It says, To give them light to them that sit in darkness. And then, and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. When we're sitting in darkness in our lives, when we don't see that light at the end of the tunnel, He wants to guide our feet into the way of of peace. He was saying Jesus is going to guide us not into fear. He's going to guide us into calm and into rest 
This is what he's promised us. Even though it seems we're heading in the opposite direction. Uh, we've, we've been going through trials in our family, in our, in our uh, lives this, uh, this year. And there was, uh, the other night I, I, I couldn't sleep. I, I would fall asleep and then I'd wake up an hour and I'd sit there and I couldn't, couldn't get back to sleep. And, you know, I'd try to read the Bible or pray and, you know, I'd fall asleep and, you know, then I'd wake up another, in another hour and I, I just back and forth all night long and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't rest. And then I remembered a story of uh, Nicholas, Nicholas Ridley. He was a, um, well, he was the English bishop uh, of London back in the 1500s, and, and uh, he was actually burned at the stake for, uh, you know, his witness of Christ. And I remember the story when on the night before his um, execution, his brother came to him, and <clears throat> he was wanting to, you know, say, he, wanted to, he offered to you know, stay with him that night and to kind of be with him, to encourage him, to comfort him, and... and uh, and Nicholas said, you know, that's okay. You, you, you don't have to be here. You can go. I, I want to go to sleep because I need to get some rest. I, I'm going to sleep tonight. Um, I'm going to sleep tonight in peace, quietly, because I know... He understood the peace that he had in Jesus Christ. He knew God's peace. He could rest in the everlasting God that he knew he would be with in the morning. I, if he can go to sleep, I can go to sleep. And so I fell asleep. And we can have that peace too. I don't know if you guys are in similar situations, but... His peace is bigger than your problem. In this world, we're going to face tribulation. We're going to face persecution. We're going to face trials. That's life. I'm sorry to tell you. We're going to have fights without. People are going to not be nice to us. We're going to have struggles internally. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, he says that we're going to be tempted and we are going to suffer. But still we are to serve him in righteousness and in peace and in joy in the Holy Spirit. Even though we're going to suffer, we, we can serve him in righteousness and in peace and in joy. Paul's prayer for the church was for peace in every situation, not just when things were going well. You know, pastor uses the uh, uses the, the scripture, and I, I love the scripture, Hebrews chapter four, verse eleven. He says that we are to labor 
or work or struggle or you know try to make it on our own. Oh, it says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into rest. So I'm supposed to struggle to get into rest. It's kind of the opposite, right? Let any man, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So we need to have peace. We need to have rest. Well, how do we get that? What is our peace? What is our rest? Romans 5, 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through all the things that we've done great. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, we're justified by faith and we have peace through God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where our peace and our rest can come for, from. There must be a solid foundation for our peace. I don't know of a solid, more solid foundation than Jesus Christ, my Savior. If you know one, let me know. Scripture says that the foundation, that Scripture says that the justification needs a foundation, will be able to have that peace because Jesus Christ has justified us before the Father. Justification has two main principles. This isn't, this isn't uh, church history or, or church apologetics, but the first part of justification, it says that my sins are blotted out. They're erased. They're removed. Because I've been acquitted of all my sins by the blood of Jesus Christ. What he did on the cross, he cleansed me from my sins. I don't have those sins held against me. He paid for them already. He went to the court and he paid my fine. I don't have those things held against me. Justification by faith is the rock that my peace is founded on. To justify means to pronounce one guiltless. You're not guilty. I'm not guilty. If you've asked Jesus into your life and into your heart, you've been justified and your sins have been removed. And you've been proclaimed debt-free. Jesus paid for your debt. And you know what? God accepted that payment. The judge said... You're free to go. You're guiltless. Romans 4.25 says, Jesus was delivered for our offenses. He's already paid for your offense. And he was raised for your justification. It wouldn't have mattered if he just died for your sins. He would be delivered for your offenses, but if he hadn't raised... For if he hadn't raised from the dead, you wouldn't be justified. But he did. He was raised again for your justification. And he was, you were declared free from all your blame. We've been justified. 
through him. The second part of justification is, is not only have you been, have you, has your debts been paid, but you've been declared holy. You're not just, you're not just innocent. You've been given a new life. You're, you're presented as holy now. You're not that old man. You're not that old sinner. You're a new create, creation. You're a new creature. You're holy in God's eyes. I mean, you can work as hard as you want to have victory over your sins, over your habits, over your, your frailties. You can, you can try to build on a wrong foundation. But if you're not building on the rock of Jesus Christ, your foundation is flawed. Peace cannot come from what you do or how you feel. You can't get there. Now, some of us may have uh, had some people come to our doors and uh, tell us, you know, hey, we believe like you. You know, I believe that we're justified by grace through faith. But then there's a, there's a little added scripture that they put in there. They say, yeah, we believe we're justified by grace through faith after all you can do. They add that little after all you can do. And we look at them and go, man, you guys are nuts. But you know what? I sometimes do that. I look at it as, man, you know, I need to live better. I need perhaps, um, I know that I'm saved by grace through faith, but man, I just need to do some more good works. So God will be happy with me. Or, you know, God, if, if, if I don't do everything right, God's not going to bless me. He's gonna, but if I, if I can do something, then boy, he's going to see how great I am and he's going to bless my performance. Because man, look how good I am. And that's why my peace kind of tips here and my joy tips there because I can't always maintain that balance. Right? If I'm trying to add something to his grace and his justification, I'm doing that after all I can do, and I don't even realize it. I'm not saying you guys do, because I'm sure you're much better than me. But if you do, we need to be able to not judge our inner peace by our outward performance. We don't need to judge how we, we are based on how good I was this week or did I, did I fall or did I mess up. It comes only by knowing you are right in the sight of God through Jesus Christ and His shed blood, what He did for us. This is the reason and the only reason that we are accepted by God. That's the only reason. It's not because I gave this much to this organization or, you know, I funded this, you know, hospital for children or whatever it is. I didn't, I can't achieve my salvation. And I can't create my own peace. 
By entering in the tr into the truth of what Christ has done, that's where my true peace comes from. His word says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which you are called in one body. Be thankful. Are you thankful for the peace that he's given you? Or do you feel like it's just a struggle to get through life? That's why I read Psalms 100. We need to be thankful for the peace that he's given us. Don't get so focused on yourself. Don't get so focused on your, your problems. Focus on his grace and his peace. Jesus is going to keep on justifying us all the way until you, he meets us in eternity. It's, he's, he's there with you always. And our faith in him will continue day by day. In, in Acts chapter 26, verse 18, it says that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith in me. He's justified you and he's sanctifying you every day. We, we, can, we can now, because we are a new creature and we've been forgiven and we've been justified and we've been presented as holy, we can now walk boldly into his throne. We can ask for, for big things. Why would... Why would God invite you to come into his presence if he was mad at you, if he hadn't forgiven you? At such times, we can walk boldly and we can ask largely. We, and if we fail, which we will, we don't sit there and say, man, now God's really mad at me and i got to start from scratch. No, we can run to God and say, I am sorry, please forgive me. We can repent, we can repent. We can turn from what we did, and we can be that iniquity will be blotted out. The Father hasn't turned his back on you because you've stumbled. Just because you made a mistake doesn't mean he's thrown you out. Christians live that way sometimes. They think, man, I know he, he's, he's forgiven me, but then I go and I do this. And we live in this constant confusion state because we, we, don't, we don't really believe our foundation. I want, I want us to understand this and to, to lock this into your, your heart and into your mind, that you are justified in the sight of God by the blood of the Lamb, and not only and I'm, am I made righteous in His eyes, I am also accepted by the Father as holy. Get that in your heart. I have the right to enter into his holy presence because of what Jesus did for me. Not because I'm a good guy, because I'm not. That's what the prodigal son, that's what the story of the prodigal son was all about. He wasn't a good guy. He'd squandered his life. He was a sinner, but that sinner was, was 
uh, embraced and kissed and, and given a robe and a ring and invited to a feast. Not because he was a good guy. It's because his father loved him. He invited that sinner to sit and to have a feast with him, and he loved him. He wanted him to enjoy the feast with him. That's the picture of our justification. We're not left to appease God and to work ourselves into his good graces because he's already done it for us. But you know what? Satan's going to sit there and he's going to accuse you tomorrow or this afternoon. And he's going to say, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but they don't really know your sins. They don't know what you did. Your unfaithfulness, your dishonesty, dishonesty your, your shortcomings. He's going to have that long list that you all have and I have. Revelations 12.10 says, the, the accuser of our brethren, which accuses them before our God day and night. Like he doesn't have anything better to do. He's going to sit there day and night and accuse us and accuse a brethren. Any, any, he's going to say, you know, God, you, if you're a just God, you wouldn't let this happen. Look at this. Look at these people. They, they do this. They don't, they do this. They're ungrateful. They're, if you're a just God, they deserve your punishment. And he's right. We do deserve that punishment. We are a bunch of scoundrels. We've fallen short of his glory. <clears throat> but thankfully, the judge is on our side. He's, he's listening to those accusations. And he's on our side, and he's telling our accuser, you know what, you don't have a case here. Because you're talking about accusations that I've already acquitted this person of. I've already acquitted him. He's already gone through, I've already paid for his debt. Who are you talking to? You know, the beauty of the, <laughs> the beauty of, the, I mean, do we believe what he's saying or not? I didn't write it. I didn't say, I'm just reading it. Okay? He paid for our debts. If we really believe what he says, then you can kind of see the king of glory standing before our accuser. And then, like in Romans 8.32, he says, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. You know, if you understand the Trinity, which I don't know if anybody does, I don't understand it all, but we understand that there's one God, but there are three persons that are all the one God. So you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus has paid our debts. He died for our sins. And the and the Father has accepted that payment and has acquitted us. And the devil's coming to God and saying, 
look at all this stuff that this guy did. And the God's saying, what are you talking about? I am, I and my Father are, am one. Jesus says, I and my Father am one. So if Jesus paid for your debt, you think God's going to not accept it and he's going to listen to this accuser of you? No. The judge is on your side. He's already paid for your debt. But we carry a load. We worry. But God wants us to have his peace. Peace, right? You turn on the TV and you don't see peace today. They did a study uh, um, in the Norwegian Academy of Science years ago. There was a, a, a president of the organization, and he was a historian in, in Egyptian culture and in English culture, German culture, Indian culture, a lot of, a lot of different cultures. And he did this study, and he said within, he said that over 3,600 years, and that's, or no, since, I forgive me, since um, 3600 B.C., which is you know, over, what, 5,600 years ago, over that period of time, that the world had known only like less than 300 years of peace over that whole time frame. And, and during those periods, there had been over like 14,000 wars over that period of time. And oh, like it was like 3.6 or 7, I can't remember, 3.6 billion people had been killed in those conflicts. And the value, the value that was destroyed in over those time periods were would you could wrap the earth in gold like for 33 feet worth of uh, of gold for like uh, I think I think it was like I don't know if it was a half a mile or something. Anyways, it was crazy numbers. And, and if, if they didn't go into war, there was only, there were arm races that had gone, but even if they didn't get into a battle, the rest of the time there was economic collapse in, in those countries. So, so peace has not been part of our history. And people have been looking for it and looking for it and thinking, well, if this person's in control, then we're going to have peace. Or if that person's in control, we're going to have peace. Or if... Everybody would just think like me, then we'd all be in peace. Nobody's found it yet in the world. But you have. The world hasn't, but you have. What are you doing with it? In his second epistle, Peter speaks of the final world meltdown, right? Yeah, even in the midst of a horrendous time, these, these horrendous things were going to happen. We are called to have peace of mind. Second Peter chapter 3, in, in verse 11, 12, and 14, it says, starts out and it's talking about how you know, all these things 
will be dissolved, the elements shall melt in fervent heat. But wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that they may be found of him in peace without spot or blameless. When we stand before the Lord, we're going to be able to put our hands into his nail-scarred hands and our hands into his side and his feet, and we can, we're going to be able to see his payment for our sins. We're going to be able to touch our Redeemer and how we've been redeemed. And so the next time that that accuser comes to you, you can tell him that I know who paid for my sins. You can't accuse me of those things because I know that I'm justified by God. I don't pray anymore um, that I, I want peace. I thank the Lord that I have his peace. I'm not asking for peace. I'm thanking him for the peace that I have. The fact is, when God looks at you, he doesn't see the old man. He, seems, he sees a redeemed, justified, and set free child of God. You don't have to worry. You don't have to condemn yourself. You don't have to live guilty or anxious. You can live free. Romans 8.1 Therefore, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. There's no condemnation. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. God's saying, I didn't give you fear, and I didn't give you condemnation. So if God didn't give you the fear and he didn't give you the com condemnation, who did? Get rid of it. If you've done this, the Lord's pleased with you and you're giving him joy. He's happy with you. He's happy with you. He loves you. He wants to put on a new robe. He wants to give you a new ring. He wants to change your heart. He wants to embrace you and give you a feast and welcome you back into his arms. John 16, 24 says, Come boldly into my presence. Make your requests known unto him. And ask largely that your joy may be fulfilled. Ask largely. Don't ask for easy things. Ask for hard things. Think about something in your, right now, right today. Ask, think about something that's too large. Something big. And I want you to ask him to answer that. Something that is impossible. There's a, there's a story of a, back in the end of World War II. There was a, um, a lady who, uh, she had a business and um, her and her husband and she, um, she was a Christian and she had been praying for her husband to, to accept Jesus and 
she had she'd been Christian since her 20s, but they'd been married for uh, for like 30 years, 30, 30, actually, yeah, just over 30 years. And she'd been um, asking for and praying for his salvation, and she was devastated because he he died. He was killed in a in an accident, and um, you know I can't imagine losing a losing a spouse, but she was she was beyond beyond. She was just devastated, and um, you know she had been praying for his salvation and and believing and asking the Lord for something big and and. She said one night she felt like the Lord just gave her peace and gave her assurance that it's going to be okay. He's going to come to come to acceptance. And so she felt peace and joy and rest. And then this happens. And she's, she's, she was devastated. She's like, what in the world? Lord, you, you I, I believe you, you told me that he was going to be saved, and then he dies. And because of that, she, she stopped serving the Lord, and she lost her peace. And then, um, so around the same time, there was a, the, the war had just gotten over, and so the GIs were coming back, and one oh, one GI he had, he'd gotten discharged on May seventh. He he remembered specifically the day because that's when he was discharged. So he's you know obviously happy, and he's he's got his suitcase and he's he's going home. Back then they didn't have Uber, he couldn't call, so he's doing the old hitchhike home right, and um, so he's walking and hit he hitchhiking and sees this car coming. And he's like, well, maybe this guy will pick me up. And as the car gets closer, he sees that it's one of those, remember those big old Cadillacs, brand new, the, the big boat Cadillacs coming down. And he's like, oh, man, that, this guy's not going to pick me up. So he just, you know, kind of forgets it. In the, but he's surprised because the, the car pulls over, passes him and pulls over. And he's like, oh, great. So he runs up there and he gets in the car and, you know, he introduces himself, and the, the driver, you know, he saw it was a businessman, and he, uh, they pass, uh, you know, greetings, and the driver says, you, you know, you, are you out of the service? Did you get out? And he's like, yeah, I just, I just was discharged. And so the, they said, well, come on, get in. He goes, I'm, the businessman said, well, I'm going to Chicago. You know, if, if it's on the way or if it's that far, at least you can go that far. He's like, well, yeah, that's my direction, but I'm not going that far, but, um, yeah, it would be great. So they get in, they're talking, and, you know, just kind of relating. And and um, the the soldier, he was a Christian. And so he uh, he's, you know, introducing himself, and the, the guy's telling him about it. You know, I'm a businessman. i got an office in Chicago. And so they uh, exchange, he gives them a business card, and, so they're talking, and the, the soldiers, you know, thinking, you know, I should really um, tell him about Jesus. And but he's like, yeah, you know how it is. You're kind of felt a little standoffish. But um, 
he realizes he's about 30 minutes away, and he's like, okay, Lord, I'm going to tell him. So he, he, he tells the guy, he's like, you know, I, I, would, I really feel like I need to tell you something. And he, so he gives him the plan of salvation, and he you know, tells him how he can be saved. And he's like, man, he, he, the guy gets really quiet. And so he's thinking, oh, man, I, I blew it. You're going to leave me at the, you know, pull over and let me out, and I'm going to finish the rest of the way on foot. But, oh, well. So he's driving along, and sure enough, the guy pulls over and stops the car, and, and um, he bows his head, and he asks the guy to, to lead him in the sinner's prayer. So he does. He, they, they pray. He accepts Jesus. The guy, the, the businessman says, man, this is great. This is the best thing that ever happened to me. And he's happy. He's you know, joyful. And the, the soldier's like, you know, great. And so they go on, and he lets the soldier out, and they, they go on their way. And, you know, it's like it's five years later. The, the soldier's got home. He's gotten married. He's got had a couple kids. He's got his own business. And uh, he's going to go on another business trip, and he pulls out his luggage to pack it and he finds this this business card that the the guy had given him and he knows he's going to Chicago for the business trip so he's like oh, I'm going to go visit this guy and so he he uh, goes to the address on the card and he asks for uh, the, the owner of the business the, he's like is Mr. Hamilton available and the, the um, lady at the front desk says no but um, Mrs. Hamilton is here would you like to speak to her and he's like Okay, and I don't really know her, but fine. So he's led into this office, and a few minutes later, this lady comes in, and she says, I understand you uh, know my husband. And he's like, well, yeah, he gave me a ride home when I got out of the service, and I just wanted to come back and you know, see how he's doing and, <clears throat> and uh, you know, see, see what, how things are going. And, and um, she, the lady says, well, when, when was this? You know, when did you meet him? And uh, he said, well, I know it was May, May 7th because that's when I got out of the service. And the wife says, well, did anything special happen? And he said, well, yeah, actually, uh, he was, I, I felt like I needed to tell him about Jesus, and, and I did. And uh, he, he accepted the Lord. And so he's like, is, can I, is your husband here? Can I? speak with him and she said no he's 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 not he uh, was killed in a car accident after he dropped you off this was the lady he's dead she said I stopped living for the Lord five years ago because I was mad at him because he didn't answer my prayer. I thought God didn't love me. I thought he didn't care for me. I thought he was a liar. He told me, I felt like he told me that he was going to take care of my husband and that he was going to be saved. He lied to me. But now I know I was wrong. 
the peace that Jesus gives us. It's not an absence of trouble. You're going to have peace, but you're still going to have troubles. His peace is rather the confidence that he is there with you always. John ends the book of Revelations this way. He says in chapter 22, verse 17, it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Come, and let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. It's not an accident that the book of Revelation starts with grace and peace and ends with accepting your salvation through the blood of Christ the Lamb. It's a gift that can transform the world. If we accept this gift, we can avoid being swept away when in anger and in fear it can sustain us, it can balance us, it can um, secure us in our walk. Please focus on that, on God. Jesus is there in your trouble. He's there when you need him. He's there when things are broken. He's there when you're in crisis. He's there when you need him because he's your rock. And you can be anchored to him and be encouraged in Jesus because he's your loving and he's your all-knowing Savior. He loves you. He wants you to have grace and peace and joy. Will you stand with me? Father, I thank you for today. Father, I thank you for your grace and your peace. Father, I speak peace into these troubled times. Lord, I speak your peace into this troubled world. Lord, I ask that you use us to give peace to this dying and sinful world. In Jesus' name, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you before his glorious presence without fault, without fault, and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and power through Jesus Christ, our Lord, now and forevermore. Amen.
Amen. Father, I thank you. Go with us. Bless us this afternoon. Bring us back at 6.30 to hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. I love you. Have a wonderful day. Um, 6.30 tonight. Uh, Pastor Dave is going to be preaching with us tonight. So have a great afternoon. I love you.